Hi, friends, and welcome to 365 God Podcast with Pastor C. In this episode, I want to talk about burnout. Let's address burnout. Burnout is a very real thing. It's just exhausting to think about what burnout really means. Um, If you're like me, you're not just the type of person that works beyond your limitations, but you will even push the borders of the limitations so that you can psychologically think that you're staying within your goal dates or your deadlines or whatever it is and having a little bit of authority allows us to be able to do this but I want to encourage you if you are supervisor manager pastor um, CEO COO I uh, team leader if you are a parent that you not do this teachers we uh, we tend to do that that you not do this but that when you set goals and you set dates that it's okay if you don't miss if you if you don't make it it's okay if you don't meet that goal date or you don't meet that deadline it's okay it's everything's going to be okay but what we have to learn to do is we have to learn to set reasonable um boundaries for ourselves we have to know how we need to do things so that we can accomplish our goals and life is not about um if we hit everything just right, you know, if we hit the target just right. I'm so grateful for a God who knows that I won't always hit the target. And I thank God for the ministry of grace. And I certainly thank him for mercy. Um, Burnout is a very real thing. And so I saw this picture that my cousin had of his trailer plug-in and the trailer plug-in had all these wires coming out of it and the wires were kind of frayed and going various directions or what have you and I thought about the picture when I saw it I immediately thought this is what I look like why because we've got so many things that's that are so many things going on in our lives so for me of course I have my family and then I have um I'm a pastor of a church, and then there's I'm a supervisor. I've got sorority. I've got uh, mentoring and just various things. That's just five things right there. Um, you know, just on one hand, that's enough for anybody to have. One of those things, of course, can be enough. You know, if we put if we divide them into subcategories, and a lot of times we think that oh, you know. I've got this, I've got that, and that we think that makes us successful. But could it be that we're not successful because we have too much to do? And um, I often think about the scriptures, uh, Philippians 1 and 6, how it talks about how God's going to perform the thing that he's begun in us, that very thing that he's begun in and us, he's going to perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. And so I try to focus on the very thing that God has given me. I try to make sure that I don't overload myself because it's easy for me to tell people, oh, yes, I can do that. Oh, sure, I'll do it because I don't want to hurt feelings. I don't want to disappoint anyone. But I have learned to be kind to myself. So I want to encourage you in this episode to be kind to yourself. No, it's it, it is an okay word. It's not a bad thing to say, no, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to fulfill that um, that task or I wish I could help you, but here's what I can do. Be able to articulate what it is that you can do. Um, we don't have to totally say no to a project, uh, but whatever it is that I can do to add to the project. There are times that People have asked me to work on projects that they wanted me to lead the effort, and I tell them I can advise, and I could certainly give you some information about it, 
but I've learned to put those things over into the tools necessary over into their hands so that they will be able to handle the execution. I realize that I cannot be effective by doing everything. I cannot be effective by doing everything. So I've learned to do common things uncommonly well. Henry Heinz um, said that if you ever look at um, the bottle of Heinz ketchup, you'll see that that quote there. And one day I was sitting and I was having, um, I love French fries, right? So I was having some French fries and I saw a bottle and I saw that and I drew from it that I've got to learn how that is what real success is all about. Being able to take something that is common and do it uncommonly well is success is what Henry Heinz says. But what do we do about burnout? What do we do when we cannot take our family off of our to-do list? What do we do when we cannot take our job off our to-do list or whatever assignment it is that God has given us? How do we balance? That's a major question that a lot of people have. How do we balance it all? So I often go to Isaiah, um, the 40th chapter, and it reads at the 28th verse, it says, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to those who have no might. He increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is a go-to scripture for me whenever I'm feeling faint, whenever I'm feeling like, you know what, I just want to give up. I don't want to do anything anymore. I just want to throw in the towel or whatever it is that I'm feeling. Maybe that's that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a spirit of give up on me or whatever it is. I can definitely go to this scripture and it's like a refreshing well of hope for me to read the scripture and to remember that, you know what? If the young are going to faint, surely at 40 some odd years old, I'm going to feel sometimes like like fainting, especially with all the things that I have and trying to balance those things and trying to be grateful and not complain and not grumble about them. Sometimes it becomes very difficult, but I have to recognize that burnout is real. And stating that I'm burned out does not mean that I'm complaining. It means that I am addressing a circumstance and a situation before it leads to depression. For some people, it can lead to suicide, homicide. It can lead to Um, various things, mental illnesses and things of that sort. We certainly do not want to get to depression. We don't want to get to homicide or suicide. And these things are real for people. These are contemplations that people have. They just give up. So how do we talk ourselves off of the cliff? How do we back up and say, let me look at this. Let me, let me, let me take a different view. We have to make sure that we recognize that God does not expect us to be superheroes. He does not expect us to, to, to do the supernatural things. This is why we have God in our lives. We've got to learn how to depend on him the more often. When we go into the next chapter of Isaiah, which is Isaiah 41, 
it says in verse 10, fear thy not, for I am with thee. Sometimes we, we experience being overwhelmed as a component of burnout, and we have to learn not to fear. We have to learn not to, but to step away from the situation. We have to learn that God is with us. We have to recognize God in those situations. We have to tap into God. I know if I'm um, at work and things just seem to keep coming at me, I step away from the situation. I take a five-minute break. There is nothing that is required of me. Um, at those times that I cannot at some point in my day take a five minute break and say, you know what, I am going to take a minute here to tap into God and allow God to refresh me, to revive me in this minute. But it is my responsibility. It is my role to know when I need to do that. And oftentimes we feel like we're going to be perceived as not able to do the job or perceived as being weak when we say, you know what, can I have a minute, just a minute to regroup? There is absolutely nothing wrong with having to take a minute to regroup. Chap, uh, verse 10 of chapter 41 of Isaiah says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. The first thing we have to remember is that God is here. He is with us. He never leaves nor forsakes us. It continues and says, Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. God reaffirms himself with us. He lets us know that I'm your God. You don't have to have dismay. So whatever's trying to control you at this moment, you don't have to allow it to because I am God. So God places himself right there present before you to let to to let you know I am here with you he comforts us by saying I will strengthen thee yea I will help thee because sometimes we feel helpless and we feel hopeless in situations and then he says again he affirm reaffirms us yea I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness verse 11 says behold all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded they shall be as nothing they and they that strive with thee shall perish perhaps you're feel you're feeling like you you're being picked on or perhaps somebody's kind of coming after you you don't have to fight that battle you just don't you can allow god take a minute and say god i need you to take control of me and to take control of the situation let me tell you um a scripture that i found out that helps me and it's just amazing how this scripture helps me. It's found in Leviticus, the sixth chapter. And when my prayer life, my spiritual life is not on target, when I have kind of backed away from God, we just talked about how we've got to identify with God. We've got to acknowledge his presence in our situation. And sometimes we don't. We just kind of carry on and we're so busy trying to meet the the expectations that have been placed on us that we forget God I need a minute with you and God I want to spend some time before I get into this project what I've learned is before I embark upon projects I've got to invoke the presence of God and that is just it and when I invoke the presence of God God gives me clearly what I need to know to do what I need to do but it takes me alleviating myself of those anxieties. How do I do this? Through prayer. It takes me, I, I'm able to do that. And it takes me sitting, settling down and saying, you know what, God, I can't do this on my own. I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need your strength. We see in Isaiah 41 
and 10 that he, he, he says, I will strengthen you. But Leviticus 6 and 12 uh, verses 12 and 13 have been such a blessing to me in an uncommon way. It reads, and the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. That's very important that you hear that. Then it goes on to say, and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. Verse 13 comes back and it kind of reiterates the A part of verse 12 of chapter 6 of Leviticus. It says, the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. So you're wondering, what in the world does this have to do with burnout, being overwhelmed, and anxiety? It has a lot to do with it. Because here they're talking about an altar. Have you thought about the altar of your heart? Have you thought about what happens when your relationship with God, that you've, you've distanced yourself from God? Have you thought about the last time you actually prayed unto God? Have you thought about the last time that you that you, you, you didn't ask God for anything? You just decided that you were going to worship him, that you were going to praise him. These moments, prayer, praise and worship bring us into the very presence of God. And there is something about getting into the presence of God that is just so amazing. And I appreciate because it doesn't matter what's going on around me. If I can just tap into the very presence of the Lord at that moment, if I can just reach out to God. And if I can just, um, like the woman with the issue of blood, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I can come into contact with God, I really feel better. I feel better. My circumstance may not have changed. My situation may not have changed. Oh, but there is something about the presence of God that that helps me to change, that helps me to transform, helps me to remember that he's there. And just the very presence in the essence of God is all that we need in a lot of the situations that we encounter. And so what does, what's the relevance of looking at chapter 6 of Leviticus? The relevance here is it says, And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. So let me ask you a question for you to ponder. What's the fire on your heart look like? The altar of your heart. Do you still have a burning desire for God? Have you lost your desire to praise and to worship God? Verse 13 comes right back and it says, the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Glory to God. And so we can't allow our fire for God to, 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 to go out. We've got to allow God to remain in our lives. We got to keep that relationship with him burning like never before. It says, that the priests shall burn wood on it every morning. You know, we've got to seek the face of God every morning. Jesus is our high priest. He's made a sacrifice for us. He stands before the Father on our behalf. He intercedes for us. You and I have a responsibility through our covenant relationship with the Lord to make sure that that fire never burns out. I believe that when the fire that is upon the altars of our heart when, it's, when that flame starts to, you know, kind of flicker, it starts to dim. When we let our lights dim, I believe that's when we find ourselves experiencing burnout the most. Notice I said the most. I'm not saying that 
you can't be a worshiper and not have burnout in areas of your life. But I do know for sure that when I step away from God, I do know for sure when I'm not worshiping him, when I'm not, when I'm not in relationship with, with him, like I ought to be when my life is suffering because my prayer life is suffering. I notice that I experience burnout on a different scale. And so I want to say to you, I want to encourage you that you, no matter, it's wonderful. And I, I know what success uh, may look like, but at the end of the day, if our relationship with the Lord is not what it needs to be, we can have all kinds of irons in the fire, but we will not do anything at our best until we come back to God and we ask him, what is it, Father, that you will have me to do? I close with Proverbs. Remember in Proverbs 16, what it tells us that we're to commit our ways into the Lord and um, that our work is going to be established. That's what we have to do. We have to commit what we do unto the Lord. And when we do so, the things that we we want to accomplish. Those things are going to be so much easier for us to accomplish. We're not going to falter between I can't and I can. Should I, should I not? Because we're going to have an assurance that this is what God wants us to do. This is what God wants me to do. And so it doesn't matter what hindrance or stumbling block the enemy tries to place before me. I'm going to be steadfast in the faith. I'm not going to give up, but I'm going to put my spiritual cleats into the ground and I'm going to get planted right where God wants me to be. And I'm going to flourish right there. So I want to encourage you, check the flame that's burning on the altar of your heart and make sure that you're still lit for Jesus. Sometimes um, we let our flame flicker. We let our flame grow dim. But let me tell you, get lit for Jesus. Do the work that God will have you to do. Hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering. Be restored and be revived. Mount up with wings as eagles. Don't get weary in well-doing. You can do it. You've heard the push saying before. And if you haven't, this is what it says. It says, Pray until something happens. So my sister, my brother, I want to encourage you to pray until something happens. This has been 365 God Podcast with Pastor C. I hope you'll tune in again.